Welcome to Becoming Iconic, the masterclass for you by me, Jen Spiegel. I am your host and also the founder of Becoming Iconic, which is a global brand supporting entrepreneurs in their life, business, and most importantly, leadership. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy. Welcome back to Becoming Iconic and this masterclass, my friends, I have been anticipating this. I have a new, dear, beautiful friend who has just been such an incredible champion of us. And to have her here now pour into you is an honor. Judy Holler is an incredible woman and she holds so much within this incredible brand that she's about to share with you. And I actually just said to her, I wanted Judy to actually introduce the brand because when she shares it, her conviction and belief in what she is doing and the way she is impacting the world is so contagious. So let me give you a little taste, my friend. So Judy is the host of Yes And Podcast, a fantastic podcast for anybody who is ready to move in their life and business. She's the author of Fear Is My Homeboy. What a cool title. And I look forward to us all reading this book together and giving Judy lots of accolades and just some beautiful feedback because I know that we love reading as a part of this community as well. And is also the creator of this incredible education and lifestyle brand called House of And. And where this stems from is such a special story. I have never heard of something like this in my years and years of experience. So again, Judy, I don't want to take this. I really love you to introduce House of And to the community because it is spectacular. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's so good to be here. And can I just say you are spectacular. And can I please just have you follow me around life and introduce me everywhere I go? I feel like, oh my God, it's just, you just, that is, uh, I feel so honored to be here. And thank you for sharing me with your beautiful audience. I'm so excited. So the house of and house of and, um, it was a dream born in the desert a year ago this month, actually, uh, in one of the lowest um, moments of my life, you know, we've all been through some pretty serious collective trauma. And and to be frank, we're moving still through a lot of collective trauma. And I think most of us, um, if we haven't admitted it already, um, we're suffering from a little PTSD from all the shit that's went down the past couple of years. And, you know, we're trying to dig our way out of it, you know, and I was trying to do that last March. I had written this book, Fear is My Homeboy. I had a very successful keynote speaking business. I had scaled a seven figure company. I was achieving things I never thought I'd have been able to do on my own. I was um, opening new doors. I was kicking ass and taking names and doing all the things, right? Like turning my love of improv into this monetized mission, really, truly. So um, then COVID hit, you know, shit hit the fan and oh my gosh, we all had to reckon with ourselves. And so I knew I was onto something because we had built this community and we were hearing so many beautiful stories of how people were taking, women were taking the ideas in my book and doing brave things and reframing their relationship with failure and taking risks and conducting fear experiments, all things I teach in the book. But I knew, like, I knew there was something more. I was like, what, what? Like, it was like having this itch on your low back and you know, it's there and it, and it itches like a mofo, but you can't get to it and you don't know. So you need someone to come in and help you like itch your back. Right. And so one of the things I teach, and this is rooted in improv and it will land the plane. I promise is when you are stuck 
when you are lost, when you don't know what to do next, when you are deep in despair, when you've lost someone, when you've lost yourself, the only way out of it is through it. And the way we get through it is with movement. And I do that with the transformative power of my favorite word, and. See, in the improv theater, the first thing you learn is yes and, right? It's the tenet, core tenet, the heartbeat of the improv theater. We say yes to agree, to accept what we've been given on the improv stage. And then we use and to move it forward. So I get a line, I say yes, I add something to it with and. And throughout history, those two words sort of in the improv world have always gone together. Yes, and, yes, and, and yes has always kind of been the star. Everybody tells you, yes, 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 please, yes, this, yes, everything. When I took a look at it, I was like, actually, <laughs> I think and is the star. I think and is Batman and yes is Robin because without and there would be no movement. There would be no change. And you can say yes in this life and still be complacent. If you want change, if you want to build a life, a business, a relationship that blows your fucking mind, you've got to do something about it. And your old keys aren't going to open new doors. So in the house of and, we help you open new doors. We give you new keys, new ways to think. And it's all rooted in what I learned at Second City in the improv theater. And we help you move in a nutshell. That ampersand I wear on my chest that's on all of our t-shirts, that and symbol represents what's possible when you move, when you take action, despite fear and despite doubt. So that's the house of and, and it was born in the desert, born in the desert uh, a year ago this month. And you just bought a house in the desert. I did. I'm moving to Scottsdale. I'm moving to Scottsdale. I love Scottsdale. Memorial weekend. I feel, where are you located, Jen? I forget. Where I'm in at. Canada. Oh, I'm in Canada, Canada, but I, but I pretty much feel like I've been adopted by the States because I've always worked with every, even when my corporate careers, I've always been in the States. So I've traveled everywhere. And Scottsdale is one of my favorite places. It's so spiritual. I say, um, I feel really connected to the desert. I always have. Um, and I was, I just said to someone earlier today, I'm like, Scottsdale, besides Hawaii, Hawaii's got the best sunrises and sunsets I've seen in my lifetime. And I've been to some cool places. Uh, I would say Scottsdale's got a number on Hawaii. It's just got the most beautiful sunsets and the most beautiful sunrises. It's very magical. And I feel so honored to be moving there and I cannot wait. But yeah, like this notion of, of sort of going to the desert last March to slow down, to add something new, to work with the coach, to apply design thinking and design strategy to my business. I worked with an executive from Nike and we went out into the desert and spent a weekend sort of thinking through what could be next and what's really there. And I have to tell you, we were actually the first part of our agenda. And here's how this was all born. I think y'all will love this story because we talk a lot about serendipity. But the problem is everybody wants serendipity. Everybody wants the magic, but we get in the way of it with mm -hmm. our control with yeah. our plans, with our to-do list, with our, oh my God, these are the rules. This is the box. And oh my God, what will everybody say? So I am like, okay, let me go to the desert and just stay open to what could be. I hired this guy, a former executive at Nike, design strategy. We, we knew each other, friends of friends. 
And I go out to, to Palm Springs and the agenda is Thursday night dinner. First question he asks me is tell me about Judy as a little girl. So we got into the weeds, right? Like get to know me, get to know the human. Next morning, I was to be at his house at 8.30 a.m. in hiking clothes. We were going to hike up the mountain behind his house. And the agenda was Judy, 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 the business, Judy, the brand, Judy, the human just hiking and talking. And by the way, if you're ever building an agenda for your retreat, for your team, for your company, whatever you got going on, um, movement is a really smart strategic move because we get out of our walls and into the energy of, of momentum and, you know, just physical movement. So I am with Ken at this point, we're hiking, we're coming down the backside of the mountain. And I've been with Ken, the guy I was working with for maybe two hours at this point, we're coming down the backside of the mountain. And this is literally how the house of van was, how it happened. I look at him and I gasp. I go, oh! and he goes, oh my God, what? And I go, your shirt. He looks at, down at his shirt. He looks back up at me, goes, yeah, my shirt. He goes, you dig it? And I'm like, yes, he was wearing. He chose to wear an ampersand t-shirt that day knowing my work was rooted in improv and yes, sand and my podcast. And that was such wow. a heartbeat of my work. And I go, oh my God, Ken, that is it. And it is, I have like full body chills. I'm like, it has always been and because yes is not enough. If you want it, you got to move for it. And we went back and started building the house of and, and that's where we decided what does it look like in our house and how does it feel and who's invited. So the reason I share this and how it relates to you, the listener, again, if you're stuck, add something new, give yourself the space. You have to remain open to other people, places, get yourselves out of your everyday environment, read something new, talk to someone new, email someone new, like crack open a window in your house and let in that fresh air and just watch what happens. If you want the magic, you have to stop micromanaging it. <laughs> Sometimes we have to let go to let in, you know, and that's oh. how it was born let go to let in. That is the coolest story. So what's prompting me though, is I'm interested because I want to assume you started the podcast talking about how we're all navigating some really interesting waters and have navigated. And you were at one of your lowest lows. So let's assume somebody listening right now is like so inspired by this story. And you went to, you know, Arizona and you had this amazing breakthrough, but you mentioned when you went to Arizona, you were in a low. So what made you like, from your low point, make the decision to go to Arizona was because I imagine that's part of the and, right? That was a movement. But what encouraged you to make that step? Ooh, I love that we're connecting the dots on this. And I was in Palm Springs, California, not Arizona, but okay. still the desert. It's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but just for clarification, if you ever hear me tell the story in another way, everybody's gonna be like, wait, I, I, thought said. She said she was I just get the DM. Wait, hold on. I thought you said, um, so I was in Palm Springs, but close, but close. Okay. So, so I love this. I had, I woke up mid December, 2020 and I was so sick of my own bullshit. I was, mm -hmm. I just got sick of my own bullshit and that took, how did I get myself to the desert? I know through <laughs> I know through my time studying improv and I also know through my time just living inside my own head that when we make excuses for too much drinking, bad eating, crappy relationships, gossip, talking shit, not making the call, you know, I'm always asking myself, you know, 
what did I not do today because I was afraid? Right. And a lot of times you'll see excuses living in there and excuses nine times out of 10 are fears way of stopping you. And I was making a lot of excuses. I was over drinking. I was overeating. I was taking my um, frustration with the unfairness of the world out on other people. And I got called to the carpet by a few people I love, uh, one, including my husband, but I also had to make amends with the girl in the mirror. And so thank goodness I do a lot of that personal development work. Um, I certainly am in, uh, and, and was very much so at the time in therapy. So I, I had a lot of great people in my corner sort of reminding me of what's possible when I can get out of the, oh, why me? And into the, oh, come on, babe, let's try me mentality. And that's the girl I've always been, but I lost her for a minute. And I, if you're that girl, if you're lost right now, that is okay. If you feel lost right now, feel it, but you aren't lost. If you feel fear, you may feel it, but you aren't fear, right? Mm -hmm. If you feel anger, feel it, but it doesn't mean your anger itself. Right. And so I think we confuse seasons with life sentences. And I was like, okay, it's a season. So I, I got called myself out. I got tired of my own BS. I had a great squad in my corner. I leaned on a therapist. I had some friends call me out and I said, okay, now it's the, now this is the reckoning. There's a bit of a ruckus happening here. I know I'm making excuses. I know I'm not happy. Um, and what do I need to do here? What could possibly change? Is it a solo vacation? Is it hiring a new coach? Is it working with a different therapist? Is it reading something new? And I decided for me, because I had had my eyes on this individual for a while, there's just something that, in, you know, how when you feel something tugging at your heart and you don't know what it is about a person. So I said, let me send him a DM. And I sent a DM and said, do you ever do this kind of work? He says, let's talk. And the rest is history. So, um, you know, it was putting myself out there despite doubt mixed with um, some pretty deep self-love, knowing that I was worthy of more than I was giving myself. So this mm -hmm. is why chapter one of my book is titled Love Yourself. And, and that's very much on purpose because you can't get out of anything low or anything bad um, if you hate yourself. Like you have to realize like, oh my God, you know, I, I, you know, nothing works if I don't. And so if I don't pick myself up, no one else will. So I picked myself up and off we go. I love that. It's like you had a remembering, but also I love that you had really great people around you, like your husband and some other people just to nudge you and remind you. And in that remembering, it's what sparked you into taking action. Cause I find so often it, it makes my heart ache, especially with women. I'm going to call women out on this. We, we can get stuck and almost comfortable in that feeling. And I feel like there's a lot of people right now for two years, drinking too much, eating too much, loss of hope, confusion, worry, what if, and they're almost like have taken a seat in that feeling versus saying, I actually don't like the way this is feeling. What could I do to change shift and move? So you talk about the house of and what would you say to her? Like, what if she has not yet taken that step? What is her and? Her and is flipping the script. One of the first things I do, I did, this is the first exercise I 
ex- exercise I did for myself. I almost, it almost sounded like I said exorcism. Exorcist. It was kind of a little bit like an exorcism. I'm not going to lie. Like the audience <laughs> was. I think it was perfect. Because I was like a crazy woman. I mean, I, I've had that. Were, I had yeah. a serious exorcism <laughs> with myself. Um, so I love that so much. Please don't cut it. Um, no. <laughs> it's, good. Um, it's so good. It's so good. No mistakes, only gifts. We talk about this all the time. So I was participating in a lot of victim speak, right? A lot of, a lot of broke ass speak and things like, if only I could, you know, if I wish I could, um, I could never, or I can't because blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I started what I did, and this is a great exercise. The first thing I did is I got all that crap down on a piece of paper, like unapologetically. I did not judge myself. I said, okay, what are these things? What are these broke ass beliefs? What are these limiting beliefs? What are these things that I keep telling myself? Oh, by the way, some of which were rooted in my youth. Something someone said to me decades, decades ago when I was 10, 11, 20 years old, you know, like from 10 to 20, like you've got these people as you grow up that say one thing to you and you assume there's this great story about the baby elephant. So a baby elephant is tethered to a fence. This is, this is going to sum up limiting beliefs if you're not quite sure how they hold you back. So this baby elephant, it's tied tethered to a fence and it, it is trying to break free from the fence and it's wiggling itself around. It just can't break free from this fence. It's tethered. It's tethered. So it just assumes, oh my God, I can never get away from this fence. So that baby elephant grows up to become a big old badass, beautiful elephant with a gargantuan, you know, gargantuan legs and a long trunk and these beautiful tusks. And this big badass elephant could 100% break away from this fence, kick it down, get away from it. But it doesn't because it is assumed its entire life. It is tethered to this fence. It is, it is assumed that it can't get away. It has assumed it's not smart enough. It is assumed it'll never be wealthy or it's assumed it'll never look good or be a size six or get married or be worthy of love and all this crap that it stays tied to. This is limiting beliefs. Just like that baby elephant remains tethered to that fence. You are tethered to a fence. We all got a fence. So I was tethered to some shit. I got it all out. Okay. I got that down on paper. And after I did it, I burnt it because I love burning things. I just burn it, let it go, let it go. So I write it all down and then I inverse it. So if I have a, I am not, uh, or I'll never have the money to start a business or I'll never be good enough to speak on stage. All these things we say to ourselves, I would write the inverse Mm -hmm. and I would begin with how can I, how can I? be wealthy? How can I speak on stage? How can I write a book? How can I leave this relationship? How can I begin again? How can I rebuild? And then guess what happens after the how can I? We now answer that question and you've got your first few elephant steps, <laughs> right? To start moving forward. And that, that is a step you can take that will end it, baby, because now you've got some action steps. Okay. This was a huge breakthrough for me. I've never heard it articulated this like this. You know, usually we say I am statements. And what I find is sometimes people still feel disconnected to the I am statement because they haven't created the bridge 
to move them from their self-limiting belief into that deep core rooted belief. And what you've just said to them is get curious about how you can become that. Oh my goodness, Judy. That's That's so good, babe. That's the bridge. So I write 10, I empower statements every goddamn day. You bet your, you bet your bottom dollar. I do. Okay. So I write those statements and I think they're important. Yet I also love the addition of if we're not that strong mentally yet, because mental fitness is a thing, just like we build courage muscles, creativity muscles, muscles, muscles. You've got to build that mental fitness muscle. So sometimes we speak things and we don't quite believe them yet. So let's put some action behind it. So, okay, I am wealthy. Great. We start there. How can I be wealthy? Let's bridge it with that. And then on the other side of how can I be wealthy? Let's answer the question. And let's do one thing every week. Let's make one phone call. Let's save $10 every day. Let's, you know what I mean? It becomes something tangible as opposed to something dreamy and woo woo, which is great. And I love that space, but I also like to get stuff done. So this kind of scratches both of those, those itches for me and allows me to sort of take my big elephant foot and kick down that fence too. Oh, like friends, I hope you're receiving this because this has been big. I mean, I've been in entrepreneurship for a long time. I have never heard it said this way. And I believe that this is massive Judy, because there's so many people that feel disconnected. They hear these, I am statements and I'm supposed to pour in this belief and I am wealthy. But as soon as they declare that they go right back into looking at their bank account and say, but that is not wealth. I don't have enough money. I just recently was talking to my community about this. People were pouring out to me saying, I want to invest in a coach. I want mentorship, but I have $70 in my bank account. That's the reality. It's not that I don't want to because of fear. I, I really physically don't have the money. So what was so interesting to me is how can we move her from $70 in her bank account to feeling wealth and feeling freedom from that, that tie. And it's through action. What can you do? And it. And it always, always. And it, of course, believe, of course, declare what you want. But you could sit around and do these mantras all day. This is why yes isn't enough. This is, I mean, how many times have you seen that happen? How how many times have you done it yourself, right? Like, yes, I'm on social media too much. And then like, you don't do shit about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I care about this cause and I want to help. And then crickets, right? Like, so, okay, you've got $70 in your bank account. How can I get? 140 in my bank account. How can I, by the end of the month, have a thousand dollars? What do I know? What could I create? Who can I call? What scary things do I need to do? What do I need? How do I need to pick up the phone? How do I need to advocate on my own behalf? Who do I need to reach out to? Where, how do I need to get to work um, on certain things? Right. And so a lot of times, you know, we hide in the comfort zones, right? And so there's this play also of bridging the action. Like how can I, with the reality that if you want to, you also have to be willing to do it despite your discomfort and to despite your doubt, right? And so there's that at play too, which is why fear is such an important part of of the conversation. Well, and that was gonna be my next question to you because that sort of feels like the next piece is like, okay, Judy, I'm listening to you now and I get it you know, how can I, okay, well, I could pick up the phone or I could ask a client to reorder, or I could ask somebody to come in and be, and partner with me, or, you know, they're coming up with these ideas. Now what settles in is fear, fear of like, what will people think of me? And 
what if they say no? And what if it doesn't work? So fear is my homeboy is going to tell her how to overcome these things, but maybe you could summarize for her right now. Cause I feel like she's on the edge of her seat during this masterclass <laughs> going, Oh my goodness, this is the fuel I needed. How can we now get her over this hiccup that could potentially stall her? Sure. I love it. Yeah. That is the essence of making fear your homeboy. It was this playful. It is this playful pop culture way to describe how I've always thought of my fear. Um, as my friend, it's a, an incredibly loving term of endearment for me because I think throughout history, we hear that we should be fearless, that we should get rid of our fear, like fuck your fears and all these things, right? Like you hear all this stuff and I don't know. I, I think fear is an incredible compass and I don't think that we can ever get rid of it, but I think we can work with it. I think we could ride with it. I think we can rock with it. And if you can do that, you can do anything. And so making fear your homeboy looks like reframing your relationships and it be your relationship with fear, not your relationships. Your rela- well, you might have to reframe some relationships along the way. That may happen. Uh, but it looks like reframing your relationship with fear. And the way we do that is by playing with it and working with it and running the drills. And so I think one of the immediate steps you can take, because first of all, we're all going to feel doubt. We're all going to feel like an imposter. We're all going to compare ourselves at some point to, to other people. That's just the nature of the business. And instead of allowing that to have the power, give yourself the power. Like when I feel imposter syndrome, instead of being like, oh no, imposter syndrome again, I go, oh, okay. Imposter syndrome's here. Welcome to the party. I have arrived. Not imposter syndrome. I'm here because if it's here, it means I want more for myself. Oh, I've seen something. Okay. Let me study. What is it in her? Instead of hating, I study right? I'm like, what is it? What what do I want? Like, can I give you a story, a vulnerable story? So I'm scrolling through Instagram and then I'll get back to the fear experiments because this is a tangible takeaway. But I wonder if the women listening can relate to this. I was having a beautiful day and then I open up Instagram Mm -hmm. and within a second, I see a post, um, two in a row, women, I adore women. I admire women. I consider friends. And in an instant, one of them was on the cover of a magazine. And then one of them was, um, had posted the blueprints to her mansion that she's building. She's building this like dream house. Right. And I got on a call, like, this is fully vulnerable. This is how it can happen. I get on a call with Amanda on my team and we're talking, I'm like, can you believe so-and-so? And can you believe so-and-so? And oh my gosh, and why would you post that? And all this and all this. And I just start like, and then all of a sudden I go, <gasps> I catch myself and I realize what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, wait, this isn't about them. This is about, whoa, 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 whoa. This is me. Mm. Not, it is a reflection of, I want, I I couldn't find my, we were not finding a house and I, we homeless, like we had sold our house, but we couldn't find a house and I'm not homeless. My point is I was feeling envy because I wanted that for myself. The magazine, of course I would love to be on a, are you kidding me? Like, so instead of being like, so I study it. The point here is when you feel that ping of jealousy, when you feel that temptation to, to, to talk in a jealous way, in a gossipy way about someone, look inside because it's usually a reflection of something you want for yourself. And so I instantly said, okay, let me study it. What does this mean? How can I learn from it? And oh, by the way, cool. 
cool. Now I know a few things about myself. Great. How can I turn that into power? And so it is so easy for someone else um, to snatch that from you. Don't allow it, right? Fear would love for that to stop you. So just, you know, if you're, if you struggle with comparison, if you're on social media too much, I think a lot of us struggle with that. My God, Jen, look at what you've just been through. I would just say, be, be very careful. And when you feel yourself get jealous and when you feel yourself start to want to talk shit, realize that is going to do nothing, but get you more of what you don't want, (laughs) which is everything you're, you're truly trying to go get for yourself. So that was a big awakening for me. And I think instead of beating myself up about it, I said, oh, cool, because I've done the work. Now I have a tool. I was able to stop myself in the moment instead of going down a rabbit hole and allow, and allowing myself to get hijacked by the success of these two beautiful women. So Mm. that is like a sidebar that said the work takes work. So how do you get to a place of pause? How do you realize that you're participating in bad behavior? How can you live a braver life? Well, you've got to work the muscle. And so the way we do that and a drill you can run to get braver, because you, you know, if you want to live an and life, you have to do uncomfortable things. You're going to have to open doors. You're going to have to do that despite your discomfort. So we do fear experiments. They are these sort of like micro moments of bravery. And they're like this little game you play with yourself every day where every day you're like, okay, did I get uncomfortable today? We ask ourselves that at the end of every day, but every day I'm on a mission to say, okay, how can I get outside of my comfort zone today on purpose? Let me give you examples. There are going to be big fear experiments you conduct in life. And Jen, I love the word experiment because it immediately removes the fear and the doubt and the anxiety about anything new you're trying to do for yourself or your business. It removes that and welcomes in play and confidence and curiosity. Because if you're just a fear scientist, simply experimenting with your fear, we can't really F it up, can we, right? It's just like, it's just a fear experiment. So, so big fear experiments, you might tackle these in your life, right? Like losing your entire social media following and figuring out how to rebuild, uh, getting married, getting divorced, having kids, choosing not to have kids, moving to a new city, all these things, big, big stuff. But you don't need to free solo Mount Everest or jump out of a plane to prove to yourself or anyone else that you're brave small daily micro moments of bravery matter. So those look like wearing sequin when everyone else is in suits, going on camera on Zoom if you normally don't go on camera, speaking up first on the conference call, sitting in the front row at meetings, eating new foods, wearing a color you're not used to, listening to Latin music if you normally listen to hip hop, taking a different drive to the grocery store, like picking up the phone and calling someone, mailing a letter. If you never haven't wrote a letter to someone in a long time, like, what are these things? Like, what are these things that I do all the time because they're on autopilot and how can I remix them? How can I choose to do the uncomfortable thing to like build that muscle a little bit more? So when it's time, cause it will come and you will have to be brave. You will get hurt. You will be left. You're going to lose people you love. Mm -hmm. economies are going to go up and down. There's going to be war and pandemics and life will be hard. It's a guarantee. So how are we training for that? How are we getting ready so that when push comes to shove, my head is in the game Mm -hmm. and I have a different tolerance for pain in that way. And 
a different relationship with my fear. Uh, so those drills, those little moments, those playful things I do every day that we teach our community members to do are really, really powerful reminders that it's possible to get uncomfortable and live to talk about it. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I, as you're talking, I'm like, this is building trust with yourself. Like every time you do this and you walk through it and you do something that makes you uncomfortable, you're like, huh, I did that. Confidence, trust, confidence, trust compounded. All of a sudden now you have a pandemic and you're like, I've got this. I mean, never perfectly, never but perfectly. maybe, maybe with, down. Yeah. yeah, but maybe your posture is just a little straighter because you're like, I have navigated things in my past. I've had fun. I have been honing this skill for this moment. And let's see what I've got. Let's show my capacity. Let's build even deeper trust and deeper confidence because of all these tangible things that you've been teaching. It's so good, Judy. Thank you, Jen. And I got to say, you just reminded me of something really beautiful. Thank you for that. And I think it's important. So if you've been listening to this and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And they keep talk, talking about improv. Let's make sure we're really clear on something. So improv theater, and this is why this is important. Improv theater is a form of live theater. And what makes improv theater very unique is that we have no script. The plot, the storyline, the characters, the dialogue, it's all made up on the fly as we go. And we use our training to succeed on stage. And I think a lot of people assume, because people will say this to me, I'll get on hired for a speech and I'll be on a prep call and they'll be like, oh, you're good. Judy's an improviser. She'll just wing it. Or, oh, they'll make a joke. Like if something technology goes down, like, oh, but Judy's an improviser, she'll wing it. And while it's true that I love to be flexible, that's a big misnomer because improvisers are actually some of the most prepared human beings you'll ever meet because it's our preparation mm -hmm. that allows us to wing it. Mm -hmm. So that is big. So Jen, I'm on stage, thousands of people, tech goes down. How do I move forward without a script? I've prepared. I've rehearsed that talk. I can't even tell you how many times I got backup slides. I got a backup this. I'm ready to rock. I got notes on the floor, heartbeats of my talk. Like I have thought through so that when I am on stage, I am confident, right? If I'm on a podcast and I get a question from the, you know, the corner, or I feel nervous. I know what to do internally, or I know that because I've done X amount of fear experiments, I can handle hard things so I can take a deep breath and move forward. So really this is why it's important. It is our training, fear experiments for your training. It's fear training. It's fear boot camp, So that when the real stuff happens, you can go, oh my God, I got this. I have gone through scarier things than this. And I have come out on the other side better and stronger and smarter and faster. So, you know, you can either be a victim or you can be a badass, but you cannot be both. You cannot be both. So you got to pick. And I hope you pick the latter. <laughs> Yes. 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 Takes work. It takes work, but it's it worth does. it. It is worth it. It is worth it. And, you know, as you're telling your story too, something that came up that I think is important, just as we, you know, close up this conversation, I want to make sure I, I mind my time with you. Cause I could go on and on, but what I'm learning too, through you is even with improv, your first few times you took that risk that was like practicing fear in motion. Cause I'm sure the first few times you're like, Oh goodness, I've not done this before, but you did it over and over and you honed your skill and you prepared and you learned these lessons. And this is what you're teaching. I just think it's so beautiful that you took this ex experience in your life of improv 
and brought this into a way to teach life and business to bring more play. Cause I, for one can tell you that is something that I welcome, but I know that there's work to be done where I really lean into the fun and play of building my life and business rather than take everything so seriously. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> my word. Um, so I just appreciate the way you're showing up and the way you are teaching and educating because specifically for the ladies listening in, we do take ourselves far too seriously. We take this journey far too seriously. We are white knuckling as much as we can white knuckle because this is just what we have done. You're really rattling this and shaking this up and teaching her to have like almost like this little rebellion and rattle and shake things up a little bit. And how could you be, how could you move through your day? How much fun could you invite in by giving yourself little micro challenges? What a beautiful way of moving. Thank you, Judy. You're so welcome. You can always make more money. Yeah. You can't make more time. Yes. And we are battling the deadly fear disease. We are on a mission to beat one disease and one disease only. It's the disease of someday syndrome because a lot of us are waiting. Someday when the kids are grown, someday when I retire, someday when I look this way, someday when COVID is over, someday when I get married, someday, 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 someday. There is no someday there is right now and can help you amplify the quality of right now. So if you are lost, if you are stuck, if you are sad, if you are dealing with a difficult person, yes, and it. Find a way to accept what's going on. Yeah, this is it. I work with this person and they suck. And here's the layer. Here's the new thing. It's an additive, right? Here's how I can get my power back on it and take a small action, right? Maybe it's a boundary. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a new relationship, whatever that may be. So it really allows us. And on the back of all of our shirts, we do have t-shirts that have the ampersand on them. And on the back, they all say, open the door. And that's on purpose because to your beautiful point, this all began with a very massive fear experiment of me opening my first ever classroom door at the improv theater for the second time. I quit the first time, opened the door two years later, and it changed my entire life. So now I do rattle that cage. And we, we want to help you open those doors for yourself and bring to the surface everything that's possible when you do. So let's kick them open. Let's kick them open. Yes. Even though we're scared, even though we're shaking like Bambi, my little knees a lot of times are just shaking like Bambi, but we got to move. We got to move. Oh, I love it, Judy. Where can they go? Because right now I know they're being called in. Where can they go find you? Oh my gosh. Well, of course, um, you know, House of Anda, we spell it H-A-U-S. You know, we have to be chic and savvy with it, baby. This ain't a basic house. This is a house, right? So H-A-U-S of O-F and O-F and A-N-D. So houseofand.com. We're on Instagram, House of And. I'm at Judy Holler on Instagram. And uh, my goodness, I'll give you all the things to link up in the show notes. But yeah, Instagram's a great place, but always, always the website. Get on the newsletter list and um, come play. If you yes. like Jen, you're going to vibe with, you're going <laughs> to vibe with our world too. So I have a feeling we're going to all be good friends. 
Yeah, we sure are. And I will have everything available to all of you listening in the show notes. Please make sure to go follow, go listen to the podcast, go buy the book, get on that newsletter. I believe it drops every Friday. Yeah, every Friday. And I have a gift. Ooh, let's do this. So, um, and I'll give this to you for the show notes. So guys go click it, but um, let me give them, I'm going to give your audience. So we have a monthly mentorship that's currently in play. So this is where you get to like, come hang out with me every month. And we do, we talk about all this. Right. So it's um, an awesome, an awesome thing. Live coaching, not on demand unless you have to be there. But if you're interested in joining our, our mentorship in the house of and um, I'll give you a free month. So you would just use open the door at checkout. It'll comp out the month. So we have class in April. So this means, I don't know when this will air, I think in April. So come join us in April or May, whenever you're listening, just go look at the show notes. Um, But open the door, comps out a month. And what's cool about it, Jen, is that if you do the free month, try before you buy, you would also get access with that code to the previous month's recording. So you can really take a spin around the block and just see if it's for you. Oh, I love that. Generosity is like one of my core values. I appreciate that. I love the try before you buy. Yeah, that is amazing. Friends, just go do it you know, experiences. And here's the thing, we're kind of calling them to do a little challenge and fear too, right? Where it's like, Ooh, should I, I don't know. What if maybe I don't have time. This is your sign. So it's like action. It's here's the, and friends go do the, and okay, go join that for a month. It's free. You get to hang out with Judy and it could, well, it will change your life. Let's just be honest, but open it you know, we'll, we'll, it'll open the door. We'll give them that and then let them play and decide for themselves what they'll do with that. But I appreciate you, Judy. Thank you for your friendship. Thanks for your camaraderie. You. Thank you for the lessons I've learned. You're just a, you're a gem and a beautiful soul. I'm so grateful to share this space with you. The feelings are oh so mutual. Receive mm. back at you. Thanks friend. Thank you so much for listening to Becoming Iconic, the Masterclass. You being here really matters to me. Generosity is a core belief and value of this brand. And I wanted to give you three simple ways of being that and leading that right now in your life. Number one is leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're currently listening on. This is a beautiful way of extending this podcast out to the world and new faces and heartbeats learning about it. Number two is sharing on your social media. Please make sure to tag me, Becoming Iconic, and I'll be sure to reach share you and just keep the love going. And number three is cut and paste this link into a text and send it to somebody specific who came to mind as you were listening. Maybe there was somebody who you felt would really benefit from this conversation. That's such a beautiful way of sharing with someone else and also sharing this podcast. Please know that generosity is also something I model all the time. And we have the Manifestation in Motion course for free for you over the Becoming Iconic website. It's becomingiconic.co.co. It's sitting there waiting for you. Five recorded modules, downloadables, and it is so sacred and special to me because this is the course that I taught right before my social media was hacked and taken away. And because of this course, I was able to capture so many memories and photos and all the beautiful value I put out. So it didn't feel like a total loss when that happened. It's really a beautiful way of manifesting in your life and these beautiful rituals to support you in that. I appreciate you being here. You matter to me. This matters to me. And now we are called in to go and make it a great day.